0: So welcome to the Crazy Wisdom Podcast. Uh, My guest here is Anders Jones, and we've got a special little content we're going to do about our upcoming online course uh, where I'm going to interview uh, Anders about what he's doing at Facet Wealth, how he just raised $40 million in his seed in Series A. Uh, welcome to the show, Anders.
1: Thanks. Great to be here and great to uh, do this in person.
0: Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Last time we actually did an interview like maybe a long time ago, like a year ago. Yeah, it
1: was fun. I was talking about meditation and uh, and and how that sort of works into the, in, into the, the flow of building a company, which is... And that was super interesting because
0: that was right before I switched the theme from interviewing founders about their meditation practice to stress and creativity, what role stress plays in the creative process.
1: Yeah. Uh, I think the two kind of go hand in hand, right? Yeah. It's,
0: yeah. <laughs> and you've thought about that since then, right? You've, <clears throat> you've, it's now, now you're thinking about stress and how to actually stress can be useful in an organization,
1: correct? Yeah, absolutely. So it's an interesting thing that I've really sort of, um, s- taken to heart. So, so I work with a coach and, uh, and um, and he's really sort of give me this analogy that I love, which is like uh, if you think about sailing, mm-hmm. um, you know, sometimes you let the sails out when the wind is strong, you let the sails out and just kind of let the wind do its work. Mm-hmm. And then when the wind is not so strong, you actually have to put a lot of tension in the sails in order to make the boat go. And I think it's a really interesting analogy because if you think about how startups go, you have sort of a lot of volatility, and sometimes times are great, sometimes times are awful. Sometimes that change happens in the course of like six hours. Um, and uh, but the I think as a leader and a CEO, one of the important things to do is to keep your finger on the pulse of okay, is the is it time to sort of let the winds blow, or is it time to actually put some tension into the Um, into the team. And so I've been playing around a lot with that. Um, And uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of useful stuff in there. How many people are your company right now? As of this morning, I believe we're at 64. Wow, okay.
0: And so a year and a half ago when I was talking to you, how many people did you have then?
1: probably fewer than 20. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think we were at like 30 coming into this year. Okay. And uh, and we're we will end this year probably between 100-120. Wow. So we're we're kind of at the beginning of the hyperscale um, which is every founder's dream, but as I'm learning it's also a nightmare. So and it's stressful
0: fuck. <laughs> it's, it's, it's stressful. It's crazy, right? yeah, yeah, it's crazy
1: yeah. stressful and yeah. uh Uh, But, you know, the interesting thing is it also it's led to a lot of creativity for you, for for me and also for the team. Right. And, and, um, and again, kind of going back to the sale analogy, like one of the things, so, so we, we in, I would say kind of late April, early May sort of cracked the code on, um, on like, okay, if you put a dollar in, if you invest a dollar in growth, we now know what our expected return on that is. Um, And so we, we sort of, uh, I don't want to say we crossed the chasm because that feels a little too, um, you know. Hubris. Yeah, exactly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's the word I was looking for. Uh, but, you know, it's we. I'll say we understand our business a lot better than we did, yeah. you know, at the beginning of the year. And so, uh, and, and we understand some of the levers. And so, you know, the sort of natural thing uh, when, especially when you have the capital that we have is to be like, okay, we get it. Like, let's just invest in growth and spend every last dollar. And then um, actually one of our board members um, was uh, – Uh, very, very good at being like, Hey, wait a second before you just sort of, you know, write a blank check and hire a bunch of people and go, Mm -hmm. um, are you growing as efficiently as you possibly can be? Mm. And so I think the cool thing for us is that was, it, it, it put a, an artificial constraint around, um, around our growth and, uh, and that caused us to be a lot more creative in sort of solving some process, building some tech and figuring out, Hey, there actually is a better way to do this. That then now, like when we invest that dollar today, we're getting way more return out of it because we've we sort of put that artificial stress. So that's actually it's a great example of of sort of, you know, pulling in the sales and, and creating that tension.
0: And this gets into a perfect, the perfect analogy of human creativity, too, because a lot of times the most creative things I talked about it with Julian Weiser on a, on a podcast a long time mm-hmm. ago about constraints. And we as human beings have this ability to create stories, uh, whereas, you know, an animal can't really tell stories. So we can tell the story of an artificial constraint and essentially establish it, which yep. then motivates behavior in a particular
1: way. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We, we have that, that sort of capability of abstract thought,
0: right? Yeah. yeah. Interesting.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's another. I, you know, this is sort of sort of off top of you know. Yesterday was Ernest Hemingway's birthday. Oh, cool. And uh, he's he is my favorite author, hands down. Um. And uh. You know, I don't know that it was really a constraint, but you think about like some of his most amazing work came when he was like incredibly tortured uh, and feeling immense amounts of pain. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so. I don't wish pain on my employees, but, um, but a similar idea where it's like, if you kind of create that, that angst, it actually creates a lot of creativity. And they're there to learn, I assume as well. Totally. Yeah, yeah. So,
0: and learning is it, the best learning is done emotionally. Like this is clear in in, 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 the science behind how we learn is, is that we learn by the most emotional. So if it, by, by the most emotional experiences. So if you want to stick something, you make it emotional and uh, pain is, is one of, is something that is very deep to us as well. It's a very evolutionary ancient signal.
1: Interesting. Is um, pain, do you learn more through pain than through joy? Oh, well, that's a good question.
0: Uh, <laughs> uh, I don't know. And well, so because both of them, pain—you've got pain—and then pleasure, joy is a is a is an interesting word because that there are many different types of joy. Yeah, there's, there's conditioned joy, which is the joy that is based on certain things, and then there's unconditioned joy or unconditioned bliss, which is actually a product of meditation, uh, which is which is not conditioned by any any particular activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, so joy is, but pleasure is an interesting thing because there's pain and there's pleasure, sure. and those two are deeply evolutionary and very old. So like. Uh, I was reading this great book called The Other, Other Minds about the evolution of consciousness in an octopus. Okay. And uh, so octopus are invertebrates. They don't have a spine, and they have consciousness. Or this guy argues that they have consciousness. Hmm. So, And one of the points he made was that we have this thing called the Cambrian Explosion, which happened in 500 million years ago. And before that, there were just feeders out in the ocean just kind of like feeding off of plankton, single cell organisms. But then something happened where all of a sudden – uh, prey and pr- predators and prey started to appear, hmm. and that started because of signaling. Signaling happened uh, with first within cells and sensing our environment, and so then this author basically posited that we uh, that all of life is basically an evolution in consciousness because of this predator-prey thing, essentially because uh, we all started to sense our, our surroundings, to so sense whether something around us was a predator or whether it was prey or something interesting to eat or something that you eat us. So a little off topic, yeah, but, uh, yeah. but interesting. Uh, and so I want to go back to this, this analogy of the boat because you have the sailboat. Yeah. And it's funny because now a lot of people talk about company as steering a boat. And then once you get to a really big company size, then, which, <laughs> you know, then, then you're stealing like a large ship, right? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. How, how, are you, how are you doing that? This is something we'll get into in the course, but how are you kind of setting the company up So that you can essentially build this larger ship that you'll start to kind of go further and further above and kind of push because it gets unwieldy, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's an interesting question. Uh, I've never thought about it as building the ship. Um, I mean, I I think so. So just sort of going on on the fly here, um, you know, if you sort of go to the. Well, I would actually go back to uh, to. Do you ever read Michael Arrington's uh, thing about the, the startups are like pirates? No, it's, this is probably ten years or, or so ago, and um, back when he was still running TechCrunch, and he had this whole thing around. Um, you know, joining a startup is like joining a pirate gang, um, and big companies are like the navy. Um, and so, uh, you know, there's there's like this sort of like you know crazy, you know, like like everyone's kind of out of control doing their own thing, and like you know some modicum of order, but not really. Um, But you're really like you're you're all sort of united around this idea of being outlaws and, and, you know, finding uncharted lands or gold or, you know, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, um, you know, as fun as that is, I actually kind of disagree with now that I've been running a startup for three years. I kind of disagree with it um, because what I found is that as we are now scaling this into a, a reasonable business and we, and we are still like incredibly nimble, like we're still doing, you know, two week sprints with our development team, with our design team. Um, you know, we're changing things all the time. We're testing different go to market messages We're you know, we're still uh, quite nimble. Um, but you, thinking about the Navy and sort of like the chain of command, you have to, as the captain, you have to know that when you issue an order, um, that that will filter down and it's not a game of telephone that it gets passed on exactly. Um, you know, as, uh, as you sort of, you know, read it out, um, and, and it gets executed on. And so, uh, so, so, I guess that's sort of an analogy. I think the other thing too, and it's interesting actually. So, uh, last year at fleet week, I came out here and, um, Actually managed to get a a tour of a uh, the aircraft carrier that was in town from the captain of the of the aircraft carrier, which was really cool. And i never really spent a whole lot of time with um, you know in, in with military folks or sort of in a military environment. But I was incredibly impressed by the well. I'll just say. The, I'm reading the same books that the captain of that ship is reading in terms of leadership, and um, and he actually went down to Google and was like, spending time talking about leadership in Google, and so I think the uh, the the big takeaway is that even in uh, incredibly structured sort of command and control environments, um, there is still room for for leadership and inspiration and getting, uh, getting a sense of ownership from, uh, the people who kind of roll underneath you. So this is a very unwieldy answer to your, um, to, <laughs> to, we'll to your know, question
0: brought up a lot of interesting points.
1: Yeah. The biggest one
0: I, for me is communication. Yeah. And cause that's what I'm learning now. I just hired my first person to help me with this, 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 this thing. And communication is so important for getting anything done. Particularly as you're growing this organization to a larger and larger
1: scale communication is key. It's communication and alignment and making sure uh, I, I find more and more that my job as a leader is to uh, Help people see the bigger picture mm-hmm. and so you know when you go from So we started the company three and a half years ago, and I was very much a doer right mm-hmm. and then doing all of it do, Doing all well, I had yeah. some great co-founders. So yeah, I wasn't doing way, all of it yeah, but yeah, uh, uh-huh. but yeah, I mean, you know do, doing doing my part right and then um and then you go from there to, uh, to, to sort of being a manager of doers, right? And so, um, you know, I, have, I hired a bunch of people, or we hired a bunch of people, and then I was sort of directing work streams, but still kind of had overall ownership. And now I'm a manager of managers, mm-hmm. and that's a totally different thing. Um, and so I have a great leadership team. They all have, you know, functional uh, oversight of different business units. Um, they're effectively running their own p uh, for the, you know, depending on the, on the business unit, but, um, and then I'm sort of the, the ultimate overhead, right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, the, the biggest thing there is making sure that those managers are seeing the big picture and how all the interlocking pieces fit together. And then they're all that they're also communicating that effectively to their team. Yep. Um, and so that's a really interesting and very different, uh, challenge and like, it kind of happened to us in the course of six months. So for me, like going from being a doer to, to managing managers, like that, that was a a big, and honestly, I'm still learning how to do it. And, um, and you know, I have a very patient team, Uh uh, which, which is great. Um, so
0: this is really interesting. So this kind of gets into what we're going to go over in the course, which you've got all of these lessons, from just doing it, how long have you been doing it now? Three years, you said?
1: Oh, like three and a half years.
0: Three yeah. and a half years. So you've got all these relevant issues for what it's like to build a company in 2019. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to go over the main things that we're gonna, we're gonna add value from this course. Which, sure. And the, the primary thing, I think, is that you've risen money, quite a bit of money, especially for a series A, yeah. for a distributed team. So that's the main theme. What else do you think? What other types of value can we add to startup founders, either at the seed stage or a Series A stage?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's a, there's a few things. So mm-hmm. so one is um, the ra- raising the money, just in general. Uh, you know, I'm happy to talk through that whole process. Doing a seed round is very different than doing a Series A. Uh, and especially dealing with a very institutional investor like like us with Warburg Pincus, um, there's a whole you know whole set of things which which you know happy to get into. Um, I think the distributed team in and of itself is there's a lot to to unpack there. There's sort of the operational components of how you set it up, but then there's also a lot of cultural stuff like how do you make someone sitting in their office or sitting in their home in Ohio feel like they're part of a team in, that's headquartered in Baltimore, and particularly
0: because you have a headquarters as well a lot of distributed teams go the all remote route or the all in person remote but you're doing both basically
1: yeah yeah exactly um and then you know the the sort of discussion on hyperscale and i'm i'm still yeah i, I want to be careful about that because we're in the middle of it and i'm still learning how to do it yeah. but i'm happy to share real time thoughts on on yeah. how that's how that's going uh-huh. um and then i think the other thing too is um the one thing i'm i'm super proud of I mean, i i'm proud of a lot of things about our company but i think that like the the my sort of one major achievement as a leader is the quality of the team that we've hired mm-hmm. and so talking about um identifying talent and um and bringing on folks who are more experienced than you mm-hmm. and uh, better at you that in specific functions and then how to sort of manage that um that that's been a huge challenge for me because you know i'm a 32 year old ceo i'm managing folks who have as much experience in the industry as I am years old, um, and have managed thousands of people, you know, whereas I wake up every day and I'm in the biggest job of my life. Um, and so, you know, that's, that's a pretty interesting dynamic. (laughs) Uh, and I will, the spoiler alert is it requires a tremendous amount of humility.
0: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And over and over and over again. And kind of essentially like, this goes back to meditation of being like, you're in it and, you've got other people who are way more knowledgeable than you and who just know what to do and will tell you what to do. But then you've got this other thing where you're the CEO as well. So it's like how that's, yeah, I'm really excited to get into that. Yeah. So basically if you're a startup founder who is kind of already landed on an idea and maybe even raised their seed series stage, this is a really good opportunity for you to understand what's ahead, yeah. uh, at, very relevant to you based on the timing as well.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Anything yeah. else that, that might be of interest to anybody? I'm
1: sure, we'll come up with a lot. I mean, just yeah. based on this conversation <laughs> right now, right? We yeah. talked about octopus brains or whack that up, right? So, yeah. Hemingway? Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 In 20 minutes?
0: Yeah. 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 So, yeah, this is what I aim to do. I really aim to get basically people who are running companies who are too busy to share all this stuff and and get it out of them and give it to people who it's valuable to. So, if, if this is a value, please uh, consider applying at stuartalsop.substack.com. Uh, again, that's StuartAlsop.substack.com. Uh, if you subscribe to the blog, I'll send more information there. Uh, so I'm really excited about it. We're we're going to nail down the course dates probably in sometime in uh, early to mid September. Uh, so. If you and also some other cool stuff that we're going to start to add is we'll actually include some pitches so you can actually come in, and pitch me virtually uh, uh, and then if it's if it seems like a fit for some of my network I can send it on to them so uh, this isn't only just online on, on courses of information but also opportunity to expand your network uh, to a distributed uh, investor network so really thank you a lot for coming on Anders and yeah I'm absolutely really this. it's like
1: a podcast Shark Tank for podcasts. yeah yeah distri- all distributed all distributed I love it <laughs> that's gonna be really cool
0: yeah.